0: From Glitch HQ on Riverside Avenue and, whoa, I didn't see you there, Minneapolis. This is Nice Games Club, the show where nice game devs talk gaming and game develop.
1: I'm Martha McGarry and I make nice games.
0: I'm Steve McGregor and I make nice games. And I'm Martha Croy, I too make nice games. For this week's episode, our topics are stealth games and motion control. And so, if everyone is ready, let's start. Oh, hello. I didn't see you there. Welcome to Nice Games Club. I'm your host, Stephen McGregor. I don't know. <laughs> Isn't that a thing people did in the 90s where they would like look at the camera and go, oh, well, hello, I didn't see you there. That is a thing.
2: I don't know about in the 90s. but <laughs> <laughs> Seems like a 90s thing. 90s doesn't mean old, Stephen.
0: Okay. <laughs> Uh, Well, yes, Uh, we've gotten um, some feedback recently about Mm -hmm. like future topics we could talk about later and stuff, and I just wanted to say uh, thank you for sending us that feedback. Yeah, Uh, we really appreciate it because it's helpful to not only be the only ones coming up with topics all the time. (laughs) We have
2: this list that we look at every month and like to schedule out the next couple episodes. Yeah, and sometimes that list gets short. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, so we can always use some listener suggestions, and so. uh, uh, our social media manager, Dale, put out a Feedback Friday tweet, and we got uh, we got a suggestion, so we're going to look into that one. Yeah. And uh, any more you've got, send them our way. Yes,
0: yes, definitely. Mm-hmm. Uh, Martha's been silent because she's hiding from us. Still.
1: Uh, so, yeah, I'm going to talk about stealth games um because i like watching people play stealth games <laughs> i don't like playing them but i like watching them
2: <laughs> okay cool cool <laughs> so you said this earlier but i'm a little confused cuz isn't the i might be wrong but isn't the normal thing people hate watching stealth games because they're boring and they like to play them because they they know they get that sense of tension
1: well, isn't that i mean if you like the sense of tension i guess <laughs> but you can you get like that from watching like oh, yeah Man, one of my favorite things to do is watch Hitman uh, playthroughs. Oh, yeah. Especially when they're trying to like, um, there's like challenges in that game where you'd have to do the same mission, but like only use these items or like wear this costume at some point or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, I think it's so much fun to watch those because you're like, how how are they going to do it? Oh, my Mm -hmm. gosh. (laughs) Will they go around that corner and run into the guy that's walking right there? Mm Mm-hmm. Will they run and people get suspicious? <laughs> yeah.
2: So, you know what that kind of reminds me of is, um, and man, there should be some esports set up for this. Like, uh, you ever watch those like, um, uh, like uh, obstacle course game shows?
3: Yeah. Where
2: you, the audience, know more than the contestant knows. Oh yeah. And then you're like, you like, it's like, oh man, that American Gladiator is waiting for him, like that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. I would love to see that in video game form, where we we, we the audience like see everything. Right. Yeah. The hapless player is about to stumble into.
1: That's that would be so cool. <laughs>
0: like like it could be the word of the day is sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> and in some says it.
1: Yep. <laughs> sure. <laughs> okay, I don't know. <laughs> banana bread.
0: Yes. Banana <laughs> bread. That is the word of the day. Uh I feel like everybody is effectively watching stealth games because you kind of just do the planning and then you just sit there and wait until the plan happens. A lot of the time, maybe that's how I play stealth games. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's why I don't like them. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I don't like most stealth games very much. Uh, so I don't know what, what what is it that appeals to you. You just like seeing that you said there was tension. Someone said there was tension.
1: Yeah, it's like it's like you're on the edge of your seat watching and being like, can they make it? I also like like lots of these games have like kooky mechanics that you can try to do things. So it's not just like sneak up on this person. Yeah, Mm -hmm. It's like, so like, um, in payday, you can do a lot of planning. Um, and you can just walk places if you're not acting suspicious before you start the heist Mm -hmm. of the bank or whatever you're doing. Um, you can case the joint. Yes, you can case the joint. (laughs) You've done this before. (laughs) (laughs) Um, which I think is, I know it's cool. um, and that, I think there's so much drama in the moment when everyone decides, okay, we're putting the mask on, it's go time.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, and you can see if their plan actually pans out the way they want it to. Mm-hmm. Um, and a hitman, you can like put on different costumes and that can get you into different areas. Mm-hmm. Um, and that means you can do the missions in very different ways. Um, so, like, you can dress up as a waiter and then you can go into the back like rooms and go through the kitchen and you get to see all these places that video games usually don't show you of like, I don't know. You get to see behind the scenes and a lot of like service worker stuff, which is very interesting. Not a lot, many games do that. Um, And not many games have a mechanic that goes with your uh, outfit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Usually you just get to change outfits or the outfits affect your stats, but they don't really affect how other people treat you in the game, Mm -hmm. um, which is like i think that's super cool. Um there's this talk GDC talk on the vault which i will link find a link for um all about fashion in games and they mentioned Hitman being one of the few ones that your fashion actually affects. Yeah. Is a mechanic in the game.
2: Well there's this move in games generally for cosmetics to be purely like a treat for the player and to not like not be uh mechanically impactful and that can feel, you know, dissonant but it, people like it, mm. so it's it's interesting that there's still a genre that, or at least a series that holds true to the idea that no, it actually matters if you have like a chicken costume. On. Yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> um, I like watching Dishonored, any of them, because every person you play uh, in those games has a different set of powers that they can do that make movement around the map uh, interesting and different. Like, uh, you have blink powers where you can. Uh, teleport to another place, and I was thinking, man, that would be so cool to do a VR game. Like, like Dishonored VR would actually work really well because you literally, oh, yeah. you literally already have the the blink yeah. mechanic.
2: I mean, isn't that basically budget cuts?
1: Yes. Oh man. Yes, that's another one I forgot to put on the list. But that is that a stealth game. It is a stealth huh? game. Yeah. Oh, and it's it very stressful to play.
0: Is Budget Cuts Two is coming? It was announced. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's cool.
1: <laughs> If you want to know more about budget cuts, you should listen to our interview with Freya. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. Um and then uh there's a lot of a lot of mechanics in games where you stealth games where you have to pretend like that you're just a normal person in the game. Mm-hmm. Um like I mentioned in Payday, but also um like spy party is all about that, where you have to pretend like one player is a spy and the other one is an assassin that's trying to kill the spy but they don't know which one of these NPCs is actually you so you have to act like you're you, when you're walking around you have to act like an NPC as much as possible and not like stutter step you have to be like sure of what you're doing Yeah. And um,
2: n- normally in those kinds of games like Assassin's Creed is the one I like where you sort of blend in with crowds you're fooling an AI right so it's a system you engage with Yeah. but with Spy Party you're trying to fool a human who And so it's all very meta in that the NPCs are not fully natural behavior. Yeah. So you need to replicate the AI, not replicate what a person at a party would do. Mm-hmm. It's really interesting.
1: <laughs> Am I the man with the hat? I like this drink or I don't. <laughs> this is a very funny Polygon video of them playing Spy Party. Spy uh-huh. Yeah. So those are some of the things I like to watch in okay. games. There's also, like, one of the other cool mechanics in Dishonored is you can um, do this, like, spell thing that goes, and then you can see. <laughs> Sorry, what was that?
3: Ask,
1: And then you can see through the walls, and you can see where all the people are walking and their cone of sight. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. I tried to find a, a name for that mecha- mechanic, but I guess cone of sight is the best one.
0: Oh. Oh, oh you got a name?
1: Yeah, Dylan just texted me. He said that um, looks like Metal Gear Solid was the one who, who introduced that mechanic. And it's Soliton Radar was the name of the mechanic in that particular game. Uh, oh, because
2: everything in that series has a weird name. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but yeah, that's another game that has lots of stealth. Although it's all problematic, but that's okay. I mean, so the stealth
0: isn't problematic. I don't know. I've never played any of the games. So I, I can't say that. <laughs> well, that, I mean, that game does have
2: I mean, to its credit, as little as we'll give it um, is...
1: Um, <laughs> it looks incredibly fun. <laughs> well, st-
2: stealth is a big part of that in that you don't have to kill anybody. Yeah. Um, it has a generally anti-war message. And uh-huh. so it uses its stealth mechanics to weave into its narrative. It does it clumsily and terribly in many cases. But, uh-huh. um, but that is one of the things that, that's why the stealth systems in those series has to be so robust is because the game depends on that, because you can't, like, you can just kill everybody, but, like, okay. part of the core pillar, design pillar of that game is you don't have to. Mm-hmm. Um so, yeah,
0: that is one aspect of stealth games that I enjoy a lot. Well, I think a lot of stealth games make it so that, like, if you can kill everybody, you get more points. But, like, you know. Right, if you sneak up and kill people. That's yeah. a common stealth yeah. uh, gameplay motivation. Right, right. Specifically, don't get discovered, but, you know, kill them all. Yeah. Um, and, but I think that's Or just
1: choke them out and leave them with uh, uh, irreversible brain damage. Irreversible brain damage. Right. yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
0: Uh, I don't know. i played, like, Batman Arkham City, and Batman will, like, literally... Run uh, Batmobile into people and stuff, and they just get shocked, and yeah. they're not dead.
1: Uh-huh.
0: <laughs> you see them; they're rolling on the ground,
2: holding their knee. Oh, right, <laughs> they'll yeah. be fine.
1: It's like in Spider-Man; like you, you web them to a burning car. That's uh-huh. fine. Yeah. fine.
2: <laughs> it's you can you can like drop kick them off a building, and uh-huh. they leave camera, and you're like, oh, I guess Spider-Man's a murderer now. But off-screen, a web snaps them to the side of the building. Yeah, just so that technically so all the rights holders are satisfied that Spider-Man doesn't kill anybody,
1: right? Yeah, yeah. and you know, swinging a manhole cover into someone's face yeah. definitely not yeah, kill exactly. them. <laughs> oh my goodness! I kept
0: watching that. I was watching my brother play that game, and I was like, "You're dead! You're dead! You died!"
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: I mean, that game has double jumps, so
1: <laughs> oh yeah, that
0: too. Ah, something else. Um,
2: but, he, he obviously
1: yeah. put his web out really quickly. <laughs> to pull himself up again. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yes, yep. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: um one thing one thing that's cool about stealth games is the fact that you don't have to kill things all the time. There are options. Mm-hmm. I mean in like uh, first person shooters most of the time you just have to shoot the thing. Uh, but in stealth games there are op- they they give you options specifically because part of the fun is planning out your uh your plan of attack. Yeah. Right? So it's an important aspect of, of those games, yeah. which is unique, like, I think.
2: Narratively, that's, I want that, right? And I think mm-hmm. a lot of people will, will sort of, they all, we all want more games where you don't murder people, but it's a very simple mechanic. that It's just like, you know, it's checking off a box. It's throwing, yeah. a bu- getting a bunch of bullseyes and darts. Like, yeah. mechanically, it's not a big deal. It's just when you think about the story of you, like, killing 40 people, mm-hmm. it doesn't really hang right.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, but there is something satisfying about clearing a room, oh, like yeah. taking care of each little spot, that when games that don't require you to kill make it really hard for you because then like the the guard just keeps on their pattern, Mm -hmm. and it makes it hard to design a system where you can make progress that isn't just working your way through a room. Yeah. And so I would love to have there to be a, a stealth game that had the same mechanical feel as taking care of each guard but without having to kill them or knock them out, using some other way, like distracting them so that they leave their post and never return. Yeah. Stuff like that, so that mechanically it still works and it still has that feeling, but is interesting more interesting from a story perspective. I don't think there's any game that's really gotten there. Yeah. Yeah. Stealth
0: tag. <laughs> tag your it, and then you have to leave the room. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, see,
2: it wouldn't just be like a window dressing. It would have yeah. to be a different mechanic. Oh, yeah. So you'd, yeah, have yeah. To, you'd have to do, you have to interact with other machinery and something to, to convince somebody that they don't want to guard that space. That they don't need to be there anymore. Yeah, yeah. Or that they move somewhere else permanently so that, you know what I mean? So that it's clear for you. Sure. So you can still have that same notion of like, I took care of him, I took care of him. Yeah. Care, you know, um, but yeah, it doesn't yeah. really work that way. If, you, it's, if the, the non lethal stealth options are always sneak past them. And then sneak past the next person and sneak past the next person. Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel like progress in the same way. Yeah.
3: You
1: know? Yeah. 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 I'm trying to think. I feel like there's a game I've played that had something. Usually it's like, maybe it's not a stealth game. It's like, you have to distract this person away from a door and then you can go through the door. So never mind. Not in a stealth game, mm-hmm. though. That would be really interesting. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. This distract someone from a door. I think that's pretty common and that's pretty effective. But I think you could build an entire game system around that was robust and co- complex and interesting. That wasn't just, you know.
1: Hey, look, a distraction. Yeah. There's a carnival outside. You want to go, don't you? <laughs>
2: right. Right. The first part of your stealth mission is to build
0: a carnival outside. <laughs> oh, I could see a Hitman mission working like that.
1: Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> definitely. Oh yeah, you distract. You're like, hey, film crew, who do or like circus over here how about you move over here because like I'm the man with the permits and I'm saying go this way (laughs) oh can you actually do that I don't know I mean I Mm could see that
0: oh yes
2: that would be cool I I bet there's an uh, I haven't played enough of the new hitman but I bet that probably has a lot of stuff like that because each each NPC is really heavily scripted so they probably do the best job of it I'm just guessing
0: yeah yeah, that's true. I think it's important in, in stealth games to make it so that like there are cases when you can fail but not like completely fail
2: right you don't have to pull Um, out your
0: gun yeah yeah right yeah the worst thing about stealth games or actually the worst thing about games that are that have stealth mechanics that aren't stealth games are when you like if you sneak and you get caught you immediately lose that's the worst like zelda does this a bunch of times Mm -hmm. they did it in wind waker uh in the tutorial area or whatever because you didn't have your sword so like if you got caught i guess uh link forgets how to run i don't know and then, <laughs> and then they did it in uh, Breath of the Wild too. Yes. That, that, oh, uh, that was so annoying. It was
2: really annoying. That's- also, in the the MJ missions in Spider Man were yeah. like that, where oh yeah, you, um, she sneaks through various uh, 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 areas from, uh, and she doesn't have the 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 abilities, the weaponry to take down these these uh, enemies. Right. So if she gets caught, there's narratively no other option. Yeah. Than to start over. Yeah. And so, but it is frustrating because you want there to be some way to think on your feet or adapt to situations, but it's right. always just these failure points instead. Mm-hmm. And I agree with you. Like there was some way to do that. That wasn't just what normally happens is when you get caught, then you pull out your AK yeah. and then, and, and then take care of it that way. Yeah. You, know, you um, end
1: up going loud instead of quiet. Yeah. Right, right.
2: <laughs> Assassin's Creed used to have a lot of this where when you got caught, there was a, t- a whole other game mode began mm-hmm. where you then had to uh, uh, get your way back into hiding. And then those systems are still in place. But they're not nowhere near as robust or interesting as they used to be, mm. and mostly the option, the better option, is just to get into a fight. Yeah. At that
0: point. Yeah. Right. So that would be great, I guess, if they had that kind of stuff in in games or in the stealth games. I, I think m- both most like stealth games have these mechanics in them, so that like you don't immediately fail. There are other options. Um. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Uh. I don't know, it's just it would just be nice to have more of that because it is frustrating when you mess up, and I think that's part of the problem I have with stealth games. Is like, uh, I'll like come up with a plan and like try to execute it and then fail and then I have to start all over a yeah. lot of the time. Like because it's hard to most of the time with the the way that the stealth games work is like you're not nearly as powerful as the other the people running because like they have guns or something you only have a knife or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if you plan your stuff around and you do everything perfectly, you're able to kill them because you like have access to the air vents. I don't know um, or whatever else. <laughs> I don't play a lot of stealth games. You're just describing Die Hard.
1: Yeah, I guess I
0: am. Um, But that
1: video game is not a stealth game, also. Oh, yeah.
0: I'm not that surprised. (laughs) Yeah, Die Hard itself lends itself much better to being a stealth game until like the very end of it, right? Yeah, it's weird. (laughs) Um, But like, I oftentimes feel like I'll try to execute this thing and then I just just, uh, uh, mess up because like I get impatient waiting for this guard to get over here or I can't figure out how to get past this guard. So I try a thing, but I don't fully understand how the mechanics of the game work. And so I get caught. Stuff like that. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I I had a hard time. I have a hard time with a lot of stealth games because of that. It feels like I have to be patient and I don't have enough patience. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Um, There is one stealth game I did really like was Mark of the Ninja. I really like that game a lot. because uh, That's a 2D stealth game. Yes. yes. It was very clear what was happening and why you got caught. Because it had the cone of uh, vision or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, And like you can tell... Um, I, I had, a, I had I guess I had a good understanding of how, like, the mechanics worked in that game, especially because, like, I really liked the idea that, like, you you as a ninja can cause your opponents to, like, start shooting at stuff because they're scared of it and they don't understand what's happening. So, like, you could, like, pop up on them and then they'd be like, ah, and then they just start shooting and then they kill a guard and behind you or something like yeah. that. And that was just, that was super satisfying. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um so I don't know. I, I, I guess, uh, I don't know how useful that is. <laughs> that is, like, my opinion mm-hmm. on stealth games. Well, it
2: sounds like you want, the thing about the game, that game, that, like you say, it it sh- it showed the areas where the guards will detect you. Yeah. Much more explicitly. It's mm-hmm. a much more, uh, it's it's more abstracted and less a metaphor. Yeah. Right? And so the less you understand about all the rules... The, the more frustrating it is when you don't rise to them, yeah. Right, like was a uh, this is not a stealth game, but Mirror's Edge mm. famously like marked everything as a game mechanic, right? Yeah. And and the narrative function was that you the character just saw the world that way, mm-hmm. and so it'd be interesting to see more stealth games like that that isn't just you know uh, see through walls mode like every game has, yeah. right? But you could see all of the different systems at play that represent the 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 working state of the play of the character's mind, you know. Mm-hmm. And then how you, how do you visually, re- visually represent that stuff? It's really interesting.
3: Yes. <laughs>
2: <God>. <laughs> <laughs> what was it? There was a Splinter Cell
0: game where all the objectives were just written on the walls? That's the newest one. That was the least stealth game out of all of the Splinter Cells. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but yes, you're, yeah, it did have the stuff on the walls. And that was really
2: cool about yeah, it. it. It was meant to be more a sort of um, uh, immersive in that sense that a lot of the 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 gamey stuff was meant to sort of be in the world yeah. in an interesting way. Yeah. Um
0: yeah, I guess maybe it wasn't that successful. <laughs> I oh, I I mean, I I didn't play it, but my my dad is a huge fan of uh, Spinner Soul and also my brother, um mm-hmm. and so they were, I think they were disappointed with this one because it was a lot more action packed than yeah. the other the previous ones were. Mm. Um so they they didn't get into it as much and they haven't made one since then. So That was a while ago. Now, yeah, yeah. Every year, my brother's like, "Spinner Cell, it's coming back. E (laughs) three, it's coming," and it never comes. Actually, it did this time because he was in Spinner Cell's in that weird uh, turn-based strategy game or something on phones. So, Spinner Cell's back, Charles. We got it. We we did it. (laughs) The hero named Spinner Cell. (laughs) (laughs) Yes.
1: (sighs) If I was going to make a stealth game, I would make my grandma crime game.
3: Yeah, which. Uh
1: Is not what you think. It's not that game that was at E3 where they stole my idea. Obviously, they were listening to this podcast and we're like, "Oh yeah, the grandma crime thing sounds great." Except mine wouldn't be a rampage of of one grandma. It would be a gang of grandmas, and the grandmas would be like either doing heists like in Payday, or um, uh, or doing just you know grandma crimes like uh-huh. paying with a check at the cash register. <laughs> Yep. Or driving very slowly in the left lane with your blinker on, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and when you would successfully create a create a line of angry people at the at the grocery store, I would go, "Grandma, crime! You are crimed!"
0: <laughs> and then you sprint out of the, the grocery store, going, "Ha!
2: gotcha.
1: Y- yep! Yes.
0: No, no, no!"
2: She just walks at a normal grandma pace. Oh yeah, <laughs> whereas like really brassy music plays in the background
3: yeah that's much better (laughs) crime
0: oh that's good i like that that's fun stuff uh
1: would you guys what would you guys make for stealthy games well
0: i don't have any good ideas compared to that (laughs) (laughs) grandma crime stuff to catch the beat uh oh man i i don't know i uh i feel like i haven't really been in the space to like make a good stealth game Make one that I would be really interested in.
1: Maybe you could add stealth to your horror game because there would be two <laughs> things you hate at once. Yay, perfect.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, I think the way we've had these good discussions before when mm-hmm. we try to come up with what we would do, especially yeah. for topics we don't like, is how would you address the problems you have in, with stealth games?
0: Yeah, uh, good question. Um, it's hard because I, I, I haven't fully figured out what I don't like about stealth games. Uh. I think it's just like the patience thing. Yeah. So I feel like if there was something I could do more often um, to like more easily interact with the NPCs that you're dealing with, um, or better interact with them, then I would enjoy it more. So you want less sneaking into a
2: building and more having your intentions be sneaky.
0: Yes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's totally what I would want. Yes. Um, Yeah. Like maybe maybe you get like stuck. Uh, maybe you're already in the middle of a heist or whatever and you had this whole plan and stuff and the, but the game starts where like the the heist is like sort of failed and so you have to figure out how to get out but you have to improvise more right. more so than like planning out your attack
2: or what there's like a couple of different uh, movies that have this premise where like there's a bunch of hostages um but like the plan goes bad so quickly that no mm-hmm. one knows who the cr- criminals actually are oh yeah and then like you know uh, some detective comes in and has to figure out who's who yeah if you're on the other side of that you know, you got to play innocent, yeah, right?
1: Oh, yeah. And
2: then you have to stealthily find trigger mechanisms that will allow you to escape. But like, as the game progresses, escape options close. Ah, uh, yeah, I right. like
0: that. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Dang, we should work on it. Make that it Mark. Sound fun.
3: Make it for me. <laughs> uh, <laughs>
0: hold on, I'll be right back.
3: <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> what what game would you make, Mark? So
2: I would love for. The stealth to be where you... Um, I like physically sneaking around. I think that's a good mechanic. Sure, sure, yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't very, uh, deviate too far from that. Mm-hmm. But I think the goal of the sneaking around would be eavesdropping information collection. That's, oh, what, sure. that's what I want to do. So that later in the game, you decisions you have to make or tasks you have to complete... Are aided by the reconnaissance you did. Oh, yeah! I think that's what I want. So I would love it basically would be sort of it be a proper espionage game mm-hmm. where you know you have to sneak through an embassy to get you know either a, f- a photo of an artifact or a copy of a letter or overhear the ambassador. And you can fail all these things, right? Either you're caught, and then you have a ways to sort of weasel your way out, mm-hmm. or you fail in getting your objective, and then you just move on. Yeah. In which case, you know the task ahead of you will be more difficult. That's the kind of stealth game I want to make. Okay.
1: Oh, that would be super cool. Yeah, that would be
0: like a whole drawn-out affair, too. That would be neat. I mm-hmm. like that a lot.
2: Yeah, and, it, and, and you, it ties all of those mechanics into not just the narrative, but your the motivation that your character has. Yeah. Um, a lot of times, you, when you, even when the stories are good in these stealth games, you kind of when you're playing as the character in the moment, you mostly just feel like a player. Mm-hmm. You don't always feel like the character.
0: Yeah, you know, right? Yeah, I mean, there's part of it is like you have a meta knowledge that your character would not have a lot of times. Like, mm-hmm. like for example, in a third person game, you can look behind, across the corner when your character is clearly not looking across the corner. Right, right. Um, so like that maybe feels like more. Dif- and I guess maybe stealth games lend themselves more to feeling more divorced from it because of all that meta knowledge you have. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, um. You being motivated similarly to how the character would feel it would make you feel more connected to the character in a way that would help it, I think. Mm-hmm. Especially narratively, yeah.
2: That's mm-hmm. cool. So, Martha, you wowed us with Grandma Crime. But, <laughs> 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 like, uh, I mean, other than the sort of uh, big picture of it, what are the mechanics that interest you? That you'd like to put into this game or another?
1: Um, I like the idea of, of uh, like, working together. Like, that's the, mm. that, uh, the only stealthy game that I have actually played as payday and that's a very like everyone's working as a team yeah um, and I it would be really fun to I don't know just make uh, different ways for the for the um, grandmas to distract people while they where someone was doing the actual crime yeah, yeah. or but you know and it would be all like uh, you know Grandma things like, "Oh, I can't reach this on the shelf. Can you get this, sir?" <laughs> uh-huh.
2: And that would be the person who would spot the other grandma. Yeah, right. Exactly. Right. <laughs> taking piles of twenties from the till. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> <laughs> sometimes real, we got to do real crime. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> exactly.
0: I'm, I'm totally imagining like one of the grandmas uh, distracting the cashiers, um, so that there's only one cashier left, and so then the the uh, uh, the grandmas just you know taking slowly grabbing their stuff taking out pennies from their purse or whatever.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then there's just a giant line behind them. You have to have 50 people in line and if you get 50 people in line they go grandma crying.
3: <laughs> exactly.
2: Uh, yeah. yeah, you get like uh, bronze, silver or gold stars based on how many people you hold up. <laughs>
3: yeah.
2: <laughs> right? How many people take out enough things from their cart to go into the express lane just so they can go home. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh, going to an express lane with more than the amount of ah, items. there you go. That's another crime.
3: Oh, <laughs> yep, yep, yep.
0: All of this takes place in the
2: supermarket. <laughs> it would be interesting to confine it to a supermarket, yeah. right? Yeah. And have all, the grandmas are all, like you said, the teamwork is really interesting to me, but have them all, the players work together, but the characters are not working together, right? It's oh, just, yeah. It's just an instant, this is just what happens when there's a lot of grandmas around. <laughs> <laughs> they all sort of help each other, incidentally. Yeah. Oh, that's great yeah but, uh, it's almost uh, or you could do it like um, you know like spy movies are always like all right here's the plan and then uh, split screens and cuts as you see what the plan is you're going here you're going here you know what I mean like that's yeah I
1: want it to be like pretty uh, like cartoonish where it's like yeah like stylized where mm-hmm. you know there's there's the lead grandma and yeah. and, and all that's that. where
2: you come in right yeah like- <laughs> exactly exactly like that yeah <laughs> You know, what would be really cool is a game like that, which is actually presented in that way. Mm-hmm. So it's a montage, and it's like, all right, you, this starts out with, with unrolling a blueprint on a on a hotel room uh, dining room table, right? Yeah, and then there'd be the first At the scene nur- in
1: the nursing home's common yeah, right. area table, <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: right? And then the first scene is the is the what the, the first character doing the the first step. First, you get around here and enter the code, and then the the player just has to do that. Then they do that, and then it cuts to. The other you playing a different character, so it'd be a ah, single player game. Yeah, but you'd be pulling off every person's thing, yeah, right? Yeah, that's cool. And then any failures you have along the way, because the montage always happens before the scenes happen, <laughs> and then the montage is always <laughs> different from what the movie actually shows you later. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like a weird convention where you're like, is this a flash forward or is this just a, them imagining what's happening? But it would be it would be you. Any failures you do would then later would be how it actually went. Yeah, and then you have to deal with all the fallout from that. Oh yeah.
0: <laughs> Yes. Oh man, these are so many great games. What the heck? Okay, (laughs) stealth game jam. That's what we're doing. Yeah. That's our next. That's our next thing.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Sneaky jam.
0: Sneaky jam. It'll come at you, and you won't know when it's coming. Yeah. Because it's sneaky.
1: Because it'll be so fast. Be like, it's a lot of motion.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Way to take control of that one, Martha. Mm hmm. Ah. Ah, ah.
1: yes yeah woo, woo, high, high five, five. <laughs> teamwork makes All the right. dream work <laughs>
2: so my topic uh, as ably transitioned to by uh, this is these pair of, pair of clowns uh is uh, motion controls um so i want to talk a little bit about um just some of the overall concept of motion controls okay. i think everyone's pretty familiar with this so yeah. we don't have to get into a lot of the actual details but i want to talk a little bit about the um like some of the older tech that was used for this and the, the, the value of like novelty versus utility yeah, uh, in, in popularity of these things. Um, and then also just about like design considerations about abstraction and stuff like That's really interesting to me. Mm-hmm. So first thing, so I do want to talk a little bit because I always want to bring it back to like silly Sega things. Because like, <laughs> uh, um, one of the earliest ways to detect motion in video games, because it was really cheap, would be like infrared beams. Oh, So sure. like blocking infrared beams. Yeah. Um, and so Sega uh, had a couple of these experiments because also a, they also have a big history in arcades. Mm-hmm. So alternate control methods, you wouldn't think that'd be a Sega jam, but they, that's a thing that they've done for a long time. Uh, they had this thing called the Sega Activator, which I remember commercials for in the, oh, in the early 90s. It was really? 1993, 94. And basically, it's this giant hexagon um, that you lay on the floor and then you stand inside mm-hmm. and then each uh, element of the hexagon has a beam that shoots into your ceiling. So you need a relatively low ceiling and it needs to be flat. Okay. I don't, they didn't tell you this in the commercial. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, should, you know, it should also be relatively reflective. So yeah. um, basically, um, they advertise it as a way to do fighting games. Oh, wow. So, what so, the, the, it, you'd, so imagine standing in this pad in a fighting pose and punching and kicking, ah, yeah, and and then watching, you know, your character on screen do the same thing. This is the promise they gave you, yeah, right? Because that the idea is that like is the to to take these abstracted notions of pressing the A button or something mm-hmm. and bringing them into the real world. That's what motion controls have, are about. That's the, the the promise and the dream of it, yeah. And the second Activator here, not the best way to do it, uh-huh. <laughs> and that's why it didn't do well. Because basically, what it was is each beam just represented a button press. Oh, so it was compatible with all games, yeah. But like fighting games was particularly compatible with because. Um, you know, you could map those things. The problem is, is, like it's so you can't like kicking for a low kick or something like that. Uh-huh. It's, that's how fighting games are played. Yeah, and so it's a it was a failure in thinking essentially. But technology was interesting, hmm. and the novelty sold it. Uh, the, oh, okay. the little that it sold. Yeah. Um. And then the but the utility wasn't there. Right. right. right? And um. So there was another uh, interesting example I learned about re- oh, recently that uh, Sega did it was actually a portable like a toy okay. uh, called Sega Pods. And it was basically um, uh, uh, three uh, um, little sort of semi-circle looking pod things about the size of like your palm. Okay. And you lay them out in front of you and then it's basically Simon. So they light oh. up and then you just wave your hands in front of them about a foot in the air. Uh-huh. And that's always just Simon. Yeah. But the novelty was sort of interesting, but also... It, the the beam could actually detect where your hand was oh. uh, it had a high and a low detection okay um, and so it would have basically six spaces in the air that would be your Simon buttons ah again it's just Simon yeah <laughs> it's just it's just pattern matching yeah. right um, but the novelty is interesting the technology was like it sort of almost worked mm-hmm. and so well, again not very popular <laughs> but there's this drive that people have to take what is essentially perfectly abstracted control schemes and then make them into something more like immersive or realistic. Right. And I think the motivation for that is often just instinctual. Like, yes, we should do that. Mm-hmm. And I think, um, the, the blowback against motion controls, like the wee waggle that everybody hated, right? Yeah. That that's sort of the shorthand for like, who needs it? What's the point mm-hmm. is because that is not something anyone's actually wants, uh, or they certainly don't want it more than they want to press an a button. Yeah. Like, it, um, was it Skyward Sword, the Zelda game? Right. Had uh, you know, um, uh, almost one-to-one sword swiping mechanics with the, the Wii Motion Plus accessory, right? Yeah. yeah. And um, and it was a pretty effective way, and it opened up a lot of new control options. You could swipe down or up or horizontally or around, and it was many more inputs than just a button press, um, or even was like a button press with a control. Like there was more options, mm-hmm. but people and people liked it okay, yeah. but they didn't love it because it didn't feel any more like swinging a sword. Than pressing a button and imagining it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so that's always been my concern about uh, uh, reliance on motion controls, or when people come with w- wild ideas for this would be a great idea for motion control. It's like would it because the human brain is really good at filling in the details. Yeah. A lot of the details right. where a button press can mean anything. Yeah. And so I think when you want to employ these, you you want to be careful to thinking about like. Is this actually better right,
0: right, right. <laughs> Is this actually
2: more realistic or more immersive
0: not just that but I think that it has to serve a purpose aside from just you pressing a button right you just yes. described all of these things where you like effectively you did all this complicated physical action and it's effectively just pressing an a button right so like I think the motion has to be more effective in some way and serve some purpose aside from just you know pressing a button right you want to design your game such
2: that the time it takes you to swing your arm or to or to do a motion, is matters right yeah. so the um it, it taking longer is a part of the gameplay mm-hmm. right rather than cuz otherwise a button press is clearly better yeah. right yeah. and fighting games especially like fighting yeah. games like there's uh, tons of like of fiction that imagines what an immersive fighting game is mm-hmm. but fighting games are designed to be played with buttons and only buttons yes like <laughs> yep. even even like pro fighting game pads remove the joystick and replace it with buttons like yeah, <laughs> a lot of do, yeah. like it, it's uh. it's uh and i think people don't especially in fiction like we talked about that black mirror episode mm-hmm. where like it's like a vr fighting it's like that would not be a fighting game no that would be just a, a fight simulator yeah it, and it, nobody wants
0: that yeah you know yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's something. I think like there's a bunch of different avenues you can go into like making motion controls feel more impactful. Yeah, there's you know there's aiming. Right, like you could be more precise with aiming. Yes. Um, that you can't in you know with your control stick. Mm-hmm. I guess you could do it with the mouse and keyboard. And so that problem kind of solved, but like.
3: Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, well, here's something
2: that um, it's a related topic mm-hmm. about uh, motion controls that people had a lot of issues with with the Kinect, right? Oh, yeah. People are like, oh, the Kinect will be great because it can track absolutely everything, but there's no force feedback, there's nothing you're touching or doing tactically. Yeah. Uh, and so. Um, it's actually difficult to know if you did it right or not and people would blame the hardware. Yeah. The thing about even the 360 Connect was an incredible piece of hardware, yeah. really really accurate. Like mm. it actually did a really good job and the designers of those games made a lot of allowances to uh, to to get intended input. It's actually a really good piece of technology. Yeah. It still felt janky and bad yeah. because of like the way you relate to that stuff mm-hmm. and so and what you expect from those things. And so um that's sort of interesting. So the, the 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 topic you bring up about something being precise, yeah. right, compared to t- sort of like joystick or whatever, um, is the precision versus accuracy. Mm. So the two examples are the Wii Remote and the NES Zapper. Right. Yeah. So the Wii Remote is precise in that um, it is um, as you, as you move, it moves in the same amount of distance. Uh-huh. Um, it is the the data is very high resolution in yeah. that sense, but it's not accurate in the uh-huh. sense that you're not pointing at your television and it. The point that's why there's always a mouse cursor, right? in yeah. and, and Wii games. Because it doesn't track one to one yeah um, your your actual mouse on your desk is the same thing mm. it is precise but not accurate, mm. in that the size of your mouse pad is not the same as your screen right yeah and sometimes even um, the mouse acceleration changes based on how on, on where you're moving and it's all happening under the hood
1: yeah, um, like that reminds me of uh, if you get drawing pads that are the cheaper ones that don't mm-hmm. have a screen in them um, there's a lot of like fiddling you can do with how big. Like how far when you move your pen is it going to go on the screen? Oh, okay. How mm-hmm. and if you're mapping it one to one, like you put your pen down at the like uh, left hand corner or whatever, is that the left hand corner of the screen, or is that just moving your pen more left, mo- like more yes, yeah, left on the screen? If that makes sense.
2: Yeah. 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 And um, that and I mean it's a bit of a side topic, but it's. It, A mouse or a pointing device is a motion control device.
1: Yeah, and
2: um, you know, early mice and computers was hard for people to understand. Um, because it's, it seems so strange now because of how ingrained it is into culture. Mm-hmm. But it was actually very difficult to make that leap between the motion of your hand and the moving of a cursor on the screen. Yeah. And so you had these things called Fitz, like Fitz's Law. So the reason the Macintosh has its um, menu bars at the very top of the screen is because that's the edge of the screen. So no matter how far you move the mouse, you'll always be touching it. Mm. So it's essentially infe- the, uh, the, the, the target for those up ob- is essentially infinite pixels tall. Yeah, and so it was designed, It was a user interface guideline because people had a hard time accurately um, uh, targeting a, a point on the screen, especially right. with, when you had lower resolution uh, 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 mouse movement and and screens.
1: Yeah, well, those those old mice were a little, yeah, especially <laughs> Mac mice were a little difficult. But the other <laughs> element
2: to it is that now that we have this in our lives now, yeah, um, uh, Fitts' law no longer really applies, um, and so the fact that the the uh, menu bar is at the uh, anchored to the top of a screen. Is there's really no reason for it anymore because culture society doesn't need it to they don't need that affordance Mm. and this is true for motion controls as well a decade of the Wii and um and like the six axis on the PlayStation and 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 VR controllers now like there are things you have to accommodate in design that you aren't always going to have to accommodate for. Mm-hmm. And I think VR is a particularly interesting example where people come and are like, oh, we need to hit like, teleportation in motion, right? People talk about getting their VR legs so they can yeah. use a twin stick controller. Yeah. And there's some designers who say, like, you know what, some people will get there, but not everyone will get there. And some people are like, oh, eventually people will get there quicker than they get there now, even if they start from zero. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what the answer to that is, but there's a lot of other elements in VR, like abstracting a controller that you hold in your hand to... Um, you know, like, like a throwing motion, for example. Like, do you, do you let go when you would, would let go when you're actually throwing something? Or do you let go a little earlier or a little later? And like, what is the human expectation when something remains in your hand? Like, you do behave a little differently. Yeah. So designers have to account for that when they have like throwing mechanics. Yeah. Are they always going to have to account for that? Right? Um, they might actually change over time. And right. some of the reasons why when we play older games, we, we, they're a little harder to control. They seem non-intuitive. It's because they weren't designed for literally for us, yeah, right. And so I think that's definitely going to happen with VR, where like a lot of the affordances that people are discovering and 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 shouting of the rooftops, like you got to do this in VR for audiences. Like I think those will change over time as, and even if VR doesn't become something everyone in the world uses, sure, yeah, like um, you know, like twin stick controls and you know and a uh, 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 mouse cursors and all these things, mm-hmm. like they just become part of the of the of a of the, of the Mechanics of the world we live in, in a way that becomes easier to understand, even if you were not introduced to them until today. Right? Um, I find that super fascinating. Yeah. Huh. Um, so anyway, to, I mean, to to finish the example here. <laughs> yeah. So you have the Wii remote, and it, uh, the uh, the technology, and this is kind of interesting. It has an infrared camera in the remote, right? And then the sensor bar that you place on your television is just two lights. Yep. I
0: remember when like the we came out people were uh, able to use it with like two candles and
2: stuff. Yep. Yep. If you just put two candles on the side you know, it would work just as well. Yeah. <laughs> um and the distance between them determines the size of the of the um like how far away it thinks you are. Okay. So it doesn't actually matter how close they are together. It will change the calculation, but it'll be just as precise, mm-hmm. essentially. Uh, maybe a can- candle flicker will give you a problem. But um, you'd see like wireless sensor bars and be yeah. like, oh yeah, wireless sensor bar. That's such interesting. How do they manage that? You don't even plug it in. Does the Wii have this like wireless connection? No, no, no. The Wii doesn't need it. The yeah. only reason you, you plug in the sensor bar is to power the two lights. Yeah, That's all it needs, you know, the infrared lights. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's pretty interesting. Um, and that also explains why it's not accurate because yeah. the sensor bar... Has no interest in where your television actually right. is. Like, there's a setting in the menu. It says, is it above or below the TV? But it could also be to the left of the TV. It would still be just as precise. Yeah. Right. It wouldn't. It, it'd be only slightly less accurate because it's already not at all accurate.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and so the other example is the NES Zapper. Oh yeah. Now the NES Zapper has very similar technology mm-hmm. in that the the zapper has a camera in it. Um, it's just oh. a photo. It's just a photo sensor. Right.
1: Okay. I don't care if your cell phone has a camera in it.
2: <laughs> what is <What's> that?
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, Strong, bad things. <laughs> <Okay>. oh. <laughs>
2: uh, so the zapper, that's why when you look down the barrel of a zapper, yeah. you, you see a lens, but also it's receded into the, the, the barrel a little bit so okay. that it has like a, it's like blinders for the camera. So, and then when you, when you uh, shoot the, the zapper, mm-hmm. uh, not everybody will remember this, but a lot of people will, the screen flashes and has oh. a white square um, where the targets are. Based oh. on the game. Not where you fired. Yeah. Because it has no idea where you fired. Yeah. Right? There's no motion sensors in the thing. It's just a sensor for a bright light. Okay. So a way to trick it is to flash a bright light into the barrel of the thing while you fire the trigger. Oh. And then the game will, will say, yes, you hit something.
0: <laughs> ah. Right? Ah. Huh. Okay. okay. And so
2: um, uh, light gun games can have different patterns If they want to give different inputs as to what it hit, Mm -hmm. but the NES Zapper, at least my understanding of it is that all it detected was a flash of light. Mm. So you really could only design for the to hit something or not hit something. You couldn't like hit, you know. Uh, like a, a bystander or an enemy or something like that. Yeah. Um, uh, I'd be interested to hear uh, corrections on that because I haven't played all the Zapper games, so I don't know really what it was fully capable of. But when you're playing Duck Hunt, for example, if you uh, pull the trigger, the screen goes blank and there's a white square where your targets are. Mm. And if the, if the, the sensor on the, on the Zapper is pointed at one of those, then the, the, it'll know that it hit something. Sure. Right? Yeah. And so in that case, it is accurate and that it's literally what you're pointing at. Uh-huh. But it's not precise. Because the technology is not uh, uh, it doesn't have enough precision to know uh, where exactly
0: you hit to get like the exact
2: pixel yeah. or anything, right? Um, it also doesn't uh, know if you're far, close, or far away from the TV. It has no idea how big the television is. Mm-hmm. But if you're pointed directly at it accurately, it it, it gets it. But it's it's not precise in, in its technology. Yeah. So those are the differences uh, for, for those kinds of things. But they use very similar technology, ah. uh, interestingly. Cool. Um, and you have to think about that when you're doing when you're designing for motion controls. Um, like if you're thinking because the switch uh, you can use a Joy-Con as a pointer um, because oh, yeah. there's, there's an, you know it doesn't have the same kind of infrared uh, stuff that we did but the uh, gyroscope in it is, is accurate or act use phrase it's it's uh, you know it's good enough that you could use it like a pointer but there's drift and then you have to think about it as a designer like do I want to uh, design uh, my experience to rely on accuracy rely on precision. Or a little of both. Yeah. And in which case, like, where, you know, what does the technology allow me to do? And how do I relay that into my design?
0: That's interesting because, like, I know that uh, some of the shooters that they have in the game, like, most of the time uh, on Switch, you, in shooters, you just use your control sticks. But, mm-hmm. like, I know you're allowed as a setting in, like, Splatoon or Breath of the Wild to be more precise with your aiming shots or yeah. whatever, where you can use the the motion controls to be more precise, precise yeah. with it. And I, I found that to be really, uh, I found it to be intuitive, but also very useful mm-hmm. um, I, it went in a way that I did not expect.
2: Yeah. So. And um, that it leads me to my example of maybe a first person shooter that works really good with the Wii. Mm. And so, one of the things when the Wii came out, it was still called the Revolution. Everyone's like, oh, this is the first person shooter platform. Yeah. Like that was like like headline one when the Wii was announced. Right. Yeah. And before everyone really knew that it was, it was a little bit underpowered, people were like, oh, this brand new controller scheme. Man, they're going to have the best shooters. Mm. All the other consoles never. How many shooters came out for the Wii? Like two. Like, yeah, not that many. <laughs> um, and that is because it is uh, precise but not accurate, mm-hmm. right? And so you need the mouse cursor on the screen. And so it's yeah. a little bit strange, right? Um, and it's not the same as an actual mouse where you're, mov- you're doing camera moves with it. So. Um, but the one example that works really well is um, Metroid Prime uh free. Oh yeah, which used the you can plug in a GameCube controller and use the GameCube style controls mm-hmm. like the earlier games, mm-hmm. but it was the the uh, WiiMote controls were great because that game had a lot of of adventure game mechanics where you point and, and scan items and it wasn't just shooting. Yeah. And so there was a lot of sort of mouse cursor style mechanics mm-hmm. that worked really well in that game. Yeah. And so that was definitely something that played to the strengths of what that pointing device could do. But also, it still worked well as a shooter, right? It just wasn't reliant on being a shooter and nothing else, okay. right? Because I think there was some, like, I think there was a couple of Call of Duties that did use that, that scheme, and it was not popular. People would change to the normal version, right? Oh, sure, yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's interesting, like, the people, the imaginings that people have for all these mechanics and these, this technology, yeah. it tends to wildly outstrip the capabilities of, of what it can actually do. Yeah. I, and not just because it isn't as good as you think, but mm-hmm. because it's a little different than what yeah,
0: you think. Yeah. I remember when, like, the Wii was first, it was first announced as a revolution and stuff, and mm-hmm. they showed the motion controls and stuff. I was really disappointed. Yeah. Uh, I guess because uh, I mean I wasn't expecting that and I was like why are they putting all this technology I was like I was young so I didn't <laughs> I, I, I am much more refined now in my tastes and so I, I mean I, I was I think I was outraged because like I felt entitled and I was like Nintendo why are you why are you making this for me why are you making it for other people uh, <laughs> but um, um I, I read I, I can't remember what the article is and I, I wish I could find it but it's like really old so I'll never find it mm-hmm. um, but like this article talked about all the different possibilities that could happen with this motion control stuff. Mm -hmm. And it really got me excited about the motion controls. I don't think that it ended up like actually coming to fruition. Yeah. Um, But like, I I was just like really um, excited about it once I read about all those things that could happen. Mm -hmm. It just didn't happen. Um, So I I don't know. Uh, I... I feel like there's a lot of potential with motion controls. And I mean, it's still around, right? Because we have VR. Um, mm-hmm. The Kinect still exists, right? It's still. The Kinect, the it's is an of- enterprise device now.
2: Yeah. So there's a, a new. This is actually pretty interesting. We'll probably put this in the show notes. Okay. But um, the Kinect is a, It's no longer being sold for the Xbox. Oh. E- even if you wanted to use it on your PC for. Uh, for development tasks, it's a, hard to get a hold of. Yeah, but Microsoft introduced a new device under the same name, a lot of the same technology. Okay. Um, it's a, it looks like a, it's small. It's like a webcam. It's really tiny. Oh. but it's designed for um, enterprise use and for installations um, specifically. Whereas people were using the commercial Connect for those reasons for a while. Yeah. So it's pretty interesting, and it uses like more of the Hololens technology, uh, which is the Hololens. The tracking, the inside-out tracking on there is based on the Connect. And oh. so it's a refined version of that. And so it's, I think it's pretty expensive. <laughs> but it's, it has particularly purposes. And yeah. I think that's finally that technology finding its place in the world. Yeah. Which is really cool, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but also inside-out tracking is now on most VR headsets. And that oh. and that and a lot of that, if not directly using the technology from the Kinect, it's very much based on the same ideas um, that the Kinect had. Okay. And a lot of that is about uh, hardware versus software tracking. Oh, right? Okay. So if you, like, there's the... Um, uh, like the HTC Vive uh, uses lighthouse tracking and it sweeps lasers across the room. Yeah. And then the lasers hit all the points on the devices. And this is hardware tracking, right? It's, it's sending signals and receiving them. Yeah. Um, and it uses that to, to triangulate and position all these things. Inside-out tracking is mostly software. It takes images of the world and then has software decide what it is oh. and w- where's the corner of the carpet and where's the edge of the wall and how far you know there's some, there's stereoscopic imaging so there's still some hardware involved mm-hmm. but a lot of it is really software based and I think when you think of VR in terms of like the dream of VR like that we had back in the 90s yeah. way back in the 90s even,
0: <laughs> so far back
2: <laughs> it was like a hundred years ago um, you people you see people putting on gloves and strapping on pieces of equipment mm-hmm. to do physical hardware tracking, because that was all we imagined was possible, right? But it's now much more accurate and much more much cheaper yeah. and more capable to do uh, um, um, imaging, to, mm. to do image tracking, yeah. to take video signals and then put an AI on it to determine what's there and what's moved. Mm-hmm. And uh, even five, you know, ten years ago, we would have thought that like it would be way more computationally intensive to do it that way, yeah. And that would be, that's a hundred year dream, but it actually that moved a lot quicker than it would. Then the miniaturization of sensors and the willingness for people to strap stuff to their hands, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, of course, the drawback of that is like then you don't have the tactile feedback. So there's just there's so many elements at play, right? Um, but this is also a conversation that's happening in self-driving cars, where a lot of times, uh, like people are like, oh, we need like radar systems or lidar, and we need to have a lot of depth sensors. and we need to have a lot of technology on these cars so that they can sense the world around them. But the better technology is just putting video cameras all over the car, Mm. and not even that many of them, and then not even stereoscopic ones. Just that they can do a lot of the, they can compare their images from other sides of the vehicle. They know the speed of the car. They use data to calculate uh, uh, um, what they're looking at rather than a a bunch of specific uh, specialized sensor equipment. And so, you know, I think the solution is probably going to be a combination of both. And there are a lot of safety concerns, yeah. Uh, like what you know, what a failure gets you, like how how accurate the, the tracking needs to be. Oh, but yeah. I think that's another shift that's happening, where you're uh, in what uh, um, uh, tracking motion and, and tracking space and volume is 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 becoming yeah. a lot more software based than hardware based, which means it's going to be cheaper, uh, which is good. Yeah, you know, it means there'll be more interesting applications and less purpose built hardware. For something someone dreamed up, yeah. and more general-purpose technology that we
0: can have ideas for and try them out, right? Yeah, I think that's really interesting, right? I mean, that's yeah, that's how consoles work. Is like they come up with the hardware, and you have to come up with something for it. At least a lot of Nintendo consoles are that way, right?
2: Right. So the less specialized, the more ideas that can be had and executed. Which is why a lot of Nintendo's features that are very specialized tend to either take off like a rocket or no one ever uses them at all.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> yep. Pretty much. Or went yeah.
0: out for my homie Wii U.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah. uh-huh.
0: So, uh, have you thought about putting
2: motion controls in your games? Um, a lot of times this is limited to, at least for most indie developers, VR yeah. is of course very common. Um, and there's a lot of very standardized input uh, 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 metaphors for that. Yeah. Um, but otherwise, for PC games, it's not very common to use motion controllers of any type. Right. Even though like a DualShock Four will work in, in most games. Yeah. Um, but people making Switch games and people making uh, games for specialized hardware. Yeah. A motion control
0: for PC. Think about this. Have you guys thought about what would be interesting or useful? Does mouse count? I mean, <laughs> it'd be a long time. okay. Then fingered mouse controls would be nice. Uh, I mean, because it's hard, uh, especially. Uh, Keyboard controls I have been struggling with a lot recently. Yeah. uh, Because I've been prototyping at work, and not everybody has the same keyboard, so they don't have the same um, things. Not everybody has a numpad. So, like, I'll put buttons on the numpad, and people can't use the buttons uh, because they don't have a numpad. Um, So, I. yeah right. <laughs> um, so what I would like is like uh, like alternative mouse control, so that you can have two players on a computer at the same time, but one of them using a mouse and one of them using the keyboard. Right, because it's it's a, it's a co op game. Yeah, so you want to find a way to be a co op game rather well, than crowd around the keyboard. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and so I would like mouse controls to work. Um, motion control. I mean, I would imagine motion controls in this instance would work the same way. All I was imagining is like uh, the player ship would just follow the mouse. And then you would use, you know, left and right to do your shooting and yeah. gadgets and whatever else. Um, it would work the same way if you got a Wiimote and did it or a uh, Joy-Con or whatever else. Yeah. Um, I don't know of any specifics. I would add thing. The thing about motion controls that would be really interesting to me is like instead of trying to approach it to emulate an aspect of physical things we can already do, mm-hmm. it would be something where you can you do something that's unique in the game that you can't really emulate. Um, with physical control.
2: Right, a lot of times motion controls is a checkbox in a menu, uh-huh. and that means the designer doesn't care about them so yeah. much, um, or, or has it's an alternate control scheme. Right, and that there's that's not a bad thing. Yeah. I, go ahead and put that in your game. Like there's nothing wrong with that. It's it's right. not it's not first class design for. It's not right? core. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. And you know, a lot of times it's impossible or near impossible for a designer to design solely for motion controls in a world we live in now. Where motion controls even on the switch, which has like these really great accelerometer gyroscopes mm-hmm. it has three accelerometers in the system yeah and like uh, but not, hardly any games rely on them because right. players don't expect to use it and so does, it, does any game solely for that is a, is an ask that I wouldn't make of any developer but if they want to put motion controls in there as a side thing yeah you know go for it mm-hmm. um, just know that it's not going to be first class right yeah yeah
1: well I mean uh I play this game that's like a taiko drumming game which is really fun Mm -hmm. Um, and you can use the Wii or Wii. We've been talking about the Wii so I can (laughs) talk. That's the word that came to mind. Um, The Switch controllers to pretend like you're drumming which is really fun but if you have it on like there's all these things calibration things in the game because there's often a delay between like
0: Oh when you swing and when they when they
1: swing and when the Uh The TV refreshes, and when the signal reaches the uh, switch from the joy Right. right. Oh. so you have to be like, you know, say like push a button while you're hitting or whatever. to yeah. I don't know, sync it all up. Right. Oh, okay. This is
2: this is why you can't use light guns on on LED TVs. A lot of people think it's because the cathode ray tube is different from the, L- the LCD or whatever, but no, it's because of latency. That's ah. because you have no because uh, those uh, televisions now process the image rather than just send them to the screen at the speed of electrons. Um, right. Okay. So there's always going to be a little bit. So uh, um, Guitar Hero Rock Band would have a setting where you could you could um, uh, change the accuracy up or down depending on what your TV setting was. Hmm. Um, and so yeah, rhythm games have a lot of that that issue. Yeah. Yeah. Makes
1: sense. Mm-hmm. And and the drumming part is really fun, but it gets. Very like I often just go back to the buttons because mm-hmm. of the the leg just 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 kills you mm-hmm.
2: but also it's like um like uh hitting a boxing bag is less strenuous than punching the air because yeah. it is, uh it's, it's resistance there's resistance, and so but when you're just punching the air, your own strength has to pull your arm back right, and so it's the same when you have Uh, like a virtual drumming experience it's more exhausting than if you would actually hit something
3: Mm
1: -hmm. well they have a version well I don't know if you can get it in the US but in Japan you can get an actual drum thing that connects to the switch nice oh cool you actually are drumming on a thing which (laughs) is like oh man that'd be so cool yeah
2: uh, I, I do want to have an example of uh, something I am working on for Widget Satchel. Oh, we yeah. have a checkbox in the menu for motion controls. <laughs> yeah, uh, for the switch what? version. Really? Um, yeah, <laughs> that's and, funny. <laughs> um, well, no, because it is. It's a, it's a. It's a. The idea is, is that in the game, you in the character, you can swat junk around, right? Or you can swing the wrench to hit enemies, right? Yeah. So we figure, well, let's just map that to a swing on the thing. No problem. Easy peasy. Yeah. But like, that's not. It's fine. It's it's fine. It uh-huh. checks a box, literally, right? Yeah. But um. It, I also treat it like an accessibility feature. So, the game also allows you to do um, w- a one handed control scheme. So, if you have a single Joy Con, the game will work with holding it horizontally, like it's an NES pad. Like that's, you know, a lot of Switch games are designed that way. We also have a mode where you can hold it vertically in a single hand. Mm-hmm. And then you use the joystick to move, you use a trigger to jump. And there's two triggers, but you ca- ca- don't always hit them at the same time. It's weird to have two of your fingers up there. So, it makes a lot of sense to have the swinging motion to be the swing for the character in that case and so it becomes accessible. You have one thumb for movement, one finger for jump and swing your hand for the attack motion. Yeah. And so um, that's what convinced me that it was still it was really worth doing right yeah. is because it's an accessibility feature. Mm-hmm. And so I think you should think about that sometimes when you're thinking about games where you don't have a ton of buttons, but you have one or two more than might be easily uh, mapped for someone who has accessibility issues playing video games. Yeah, and a lot of times people have like, oh, I, I can do like, a, um, you know, um, if I need three buttons and and, and two is only is is uh, I want to out on a two-button controller. Well, then you can hit them both at the same time. You have corded actions. You can you can change your design, but also consider motion controls as as alternate input. Uh, in the, in those cases, you yeah. can have very uh, um you know, and you can have you can adjust the sensitivity. Um, but I think that's not talked about enough. But I think yeah. that's it's it's good for that reason. Yeah, totally.
0: Mm-hmm. Martha, what motion control game would you make? Did you did you say? I, maybe I missed it.
1: Well, I've always been thinking about making a uh, like a Irish music game,
0: mm-hmm. ah.
1: and like a it would be like a rhythm game too. But it would be so cool if you were a- actually able to use a real thing, like a real instrument. With it, (laughs) oh oh, yeah, yeah. (laughs) But how would you track that? Would you track it with listening for the right pitches of sound, or Mm -hmm. the where your fingers are? Like, it could be a motion control thing where it's just literally looking down the tube to see where your, you know, fingers are going on the penny whistle or whatever.
0: Some infrared beams, yeah, (laughs) and you can do it that way. Yeah, (laughs) that'd be cool. An alt control Mm -hmm. GDC thing,
1: exactly. Mm
2: You know, there's an interesting story about that. So Rock Band, you know, a guitar, they have the big giant buttons, right? right. And it's like, that seems the way to do it. Uh-huh. But, and um, Rock Band 3 had the pro guitar, which was a Rock Band controller with 100 buttons oh. all along. The, it was it was hilarious. Oh, looking. wow. <laughs> it looked like a toy guitar that was really complicated because that's really what it was. And then it had these nylon strings you actually plucked, mm. but they didn't do anything. They were just four three-inch in- three strings or six three-inch strings. On the, on the, you know, where you'd expect to find them. So you play it like a real guitar, but you press down on buttons rather than hold down strings on frets. Uh-huh. And, you, and you hit these nylon soundless chord, uh, strings instead of strumming actual strings. And that seemed to be like, well, that's the way to do it because then you get digital input from all the things and that's how it goes. Um, but then there's a game called Rocksmith, which was like, no, just plug your guitar in and <laughs> yeah. we'll just listen for the note. And the thing was is that that seemed like an impossible ask. A couple years prior, that yeah. would, the, the But just like with uh, imaging versus hardware mapping, like it turned out that that was actually a much a perfectly accurate way to to read data off of a guitar hmm. is to just plug it into it, plug the analog guitar, any guitar, into their little box, and then it would just read the data. And it works just fine.
1: Oh, yeah, because the data's going through it anyway if you have an electric guitar. Yeah,
0: it's just reading off the thing. And it's not distorted yet. So Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they do have electric flutes and, mm-hmm. uh, um, and saxophones and stuff, so you could do it with a bunch of different things. Mm-hmm. Actually, I imagine there is probably tech in place for that if Rocksmith is popular enough, and I think it is. Mm-hmm so
2: yeah there may be libraries available to get and that's the thing is like, yeah. like what happens if you play multiple chords I'm playing an A chord up the neck or an A chord down the neck mm-hmm. if I'm playing a guitar instruction and the A chord is giving the same tones mm-hmm. uh, but my hand's in different places because on a guitar you can do that you can play the same notes in different places yeah um, or the same chords anyway um, uh, how does it know the difference it just it just there's enough variation for the software to make the determination, whereas previously it was unthinkable. And so, Rock Band made this big, complicated thing yeah. that was like a cool achievement, but ultimately like over-engineered, mm-hmm. um,
0: in a sense. Yeah. So there's an audience out there for that game, Martha. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so like all all elements of like alternate control schemes, motion control, like you know, has this sort of consideration of like from the from the intended action to the how does it capture that information? What does it do with that information? How much uh, how complicated is it for the user? What inputs does it replace or supplant or invent in a game design? Um, it's super interesting. And as we move for you know this generation of 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 uh, consoles and PC games has sort of been like, eh, we're just gonna go back to buttons and sticks. That's fine with us. Yeah. And uh, I think it's um, it's a little bit of a shame. There's just more wacky, crazy ideas out there. Yeah. But also as a developer, I'm perfectly happy to design <laughs> for one thing. <laughs> Very true. Very true. I don't know.
0: Keep your options open. Keep your mind open.
2: Yeah. Be creative. Uh, in, yeah. A, in a jam environment, get yeah. some VR controllers and make a non VR game. Yes. You know? Yeah. Uh, give that a try. I'm uh, all
0: on board for that. Yeah. You, know. you know how I feel about VR. <laughs> <laughs> That's our show. If you haven't already, subscribe to Nice Games Club in your favorite podcast app and be sure to give it a good review if you liked it or are nice like us. We really do need to know you're out there. So leave a review and tell all your friends too. We also want to hear directly from you, so follow us on Twitter and all the other things at Nice Games Club. Dale has already like posted something about what she did.
3: <laughs> She's doing good work. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, um, you can also contact us at uh, contact at NiceGames.Club. Lastly, you can find out more about the show and your nice host, as well as get all the links and show notes from this and other episodes at NiceGames.Club. So until we start again, remember to play nice
1: and make nice.